When our oldest daughter, Lee Beth, was three years old, we were getting ready for church, and she walked into our bedroom and asked us, Mommy, Daddy, I want to get a brother or, or a sister. I want to have a bigger family. Well, obviously, she'd been watching Sesame Street, and they were talking about how great it is to have a family and brothers and sisters. So Lisa wisely said, Lee Beth, just pray about it. So we watched Lee Beth kind of toddle into her playroom, pick up her Fisher Price phone, and she said into the receiver, God, this is Lee Beth. I want a brother or a sister. I'll see you in a little while. Bye. I wish, I wish prayer was that easy, you know? Hey God, I'm, I'm going to church. I'll see you in a little while. Just a direct line to God. Would that be crazy or what? Prayer. When I say the word prayer, what do you think about? Everyone prays. We do. Sometimes we pray a microwave prayer, other times a, a 911 prayer, sometimes a God bless me prayer, or God take care of me prayer, or God protect me prayer. People pray. We talk to God. I've been married for 37 years. I know that's a shocker because I'm barely over 40, I'm 41. <laughs> and Lisa and I, as you've heard me say, have written extensively about marriage. We've lectured about marriage. Marriage is not always easy. Some guys are afraid to clap. And some of the singles are like, oh, it will be when I get married. Yeah. <laughs> marriage is not always easy. Marriage can be the greatest thing in the world, it should be, next to our relationship with Jesus if we're willing to work at it. How do you work at marriage? Well, you can't just text one another. And all the young people are like, you can't? No. <laughs> you can't just build a great marriage FaceTiming one another. No, no, no. You have to have those times of connectivity. You've got to communicate. You've got to have intimacy in marriage for marriage to work. Likewise, in the Christian life, I can't just casually or flippantly talk to God. I can't just lob one up to heaven now and then. I can't just say, like a friend of mine told me recently, you know, I pray probably twice a year. You're not gonna have a relationship, a connection with God like that. We're made in the image of God. In other words, we want to relate. We have a relationally driven God. He wants to connect with you and me. He wants a relationship with you and me so much that he sent Jesus, even though we didn't deserve it, to die on the cross for our sins and to rise again. God did that for this relationship. If you think about it, the God of the universe, 
wants you and me, our heavenly father, to talk to him. I'm a father. How many fathers do we have in the house? Your father? All right. I remember when our kids were younger, as I alluded to earlier with, with Lee Beth, and, and you know, we have four kids and now a couple of grandkids, but I remember I, as a dad liking it when my kids would ask me for stuff. Even though I would say no a lot of the times. <laughs> I knew what was best for them. I remember one time when, when our twins, the Twin Towers, were, I don't know, 12, 13, they were like, Dad, please get us a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone. I mean, six-year-old kids have cell phones. Dad, please, please, please. I said, no, no, no. Dad, please, I know you'll do it. Mom says no, but you will, you know. <laughs> At early ages, they learn, don't they? How to play one against the other. So Laurie and Landra are smart. They made a poster and presented it to me in my office regarding why they needed a cell phone. Then they did a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and on top of that, Laurie taped pictures of various cell phones around the house. So I, I, I could not get away from cell phone, cell phone. I want a cell phone, cell phone, cell phone. I said no for a long time because I had their best interest in mind. Then I said, wait. And finally, one day, that's right, that glorious day, I said, you can have a cell phone. But I enjoyed them asking me. Our Heavenly Father loves us to ask him for things. I think sometimes we think, oh, I shouldn't ask God. Maybe you've heard a lecture on prayer and, and you've heard someone say, yes, talk to God about God and adore him and, 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 and glorify him. And we're to do that. However, God also loves it when we ask him for things. Many times he's going to say, uh-uh, nope. Sometimes he'll say, wait. Other times he'll say, Yes. This series is called In the Year 2030. We're thinking about 3,000 and, let me see, 3,650 days, right? That's a decade. Is my math correct? It's pretty good for me. 3,650 days. So we can upgrade our decade by doing three things. We've been in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus talked about these three things. He said, when... Not if, when you fast. Some of us are on a fast. If you're on a fast, lift your hand. Miami, I know it's tough because that Cuban food, I love it. Cafe con leche, that's a major temptation. Even in Norman, Oklahoma. Let's give it up for Norman, Oklahoma. They're fasting there. They're fasting in Northport, the no-no. Where is the no-no? Right beside the no-po, right beside Sarasota. You been to Sarasota? Florida? Okay, yeah, all right. They're fasting there. Even in downtown Dallas, I was there yesterday working out. We have a group, did you know this, that works out, that trains every Saturday morning in DFW? You know what's so funny? I'm 58 years old and I still think I'm 28. I really do, it's weird. Those of you who are younger than 58, when you get to be 58, you won't think, oh, I'm 58. You'll think you're younger than you are. 
So I show up, Lisa and I do, yesterday, because the couple that works out together stays together. And we have this cool training thing at our downtown campus. I'm looking at all these muscular guys, these guys who are ripped with all the ink and everything, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I might, I might, I might get some tats. I mean, but then I look at my, <laughs> but then I look at my arms, I'm like, no, no. So all these people are ripped and everything, so you kind of think, I look like them, you know? And, and, and some of us, as we worked out, we were talking about the fast and eating properly. So in Dallas, hey, we have people who are fasting. In Fort Worth, we have a campus in Fort Worth. I don't know if you knew that or not. Right across the street from Montgomery Plaza? You know where that place is? Is God good or what? I still can't believe we have these, we have these beautiful campuses at our retreat center in Alasso Ranch. Everyone online, Facebook Live, here and there and yonder. Where, did I miss any other ones? Frisco, I've never heard of that. Frisco, yeah, next week, we're opening Frisco. Man, I was hoping someone would say that. And then of course, our prison campuses. So we have a lot of people fasting. If you're fasting, lift your hand. You can probably barely lift it because, you know. You... I have to confess, I did cheat the other night on my fast, I did. I had a piece of salmon, I'm sorry, I did. I was with some friends and, you know, I just did. It's okay, don't be too legalistic about it, okay? Okay? Because we're having a party tonight at our house. I mean, you're not all invited, but in our neighborhood. <laughs> we really are. And Lisa, this is tempting, has made chili. I've not had any of the chili. She's a great cook. And when I walked out this morning to come to church, Fritos were on the counter and, 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 and some nachos. and <laughs> So pray for me, okay? <laughs> but we're fasting. Jesus said, when you fast, what does the fast mean? Followers fast, because if you wanna follow fast, you fast. Fasting means I'm gonna redirect this appetite that I have with food toward the things of God. And as I fast, I realize God is the source of everything. And as I fast, I say to myself, wow, God, it's about you. I mean, my, my life, my everything is from you. And as I fast, I realize, God, and in my prayers, it's not what I want, but it's what you want for my life. So what if, and I even made this recording, I think on my social media feed today, here's what I said about prayer. What if prayer was not like saying, oh, I want this. What if prayer is not about just the ask? What if it's not? What if prayer is about alignment? Let me say that again. What if prayer is not just about asking, which I do a lot, and we all do. I'm not saying you shouldn't or I shouldn't. What if prayer, the real goal of it, was about alignment? It was saying, God, it's not what I want. This is tough for me because I want what I want, right? It's not what I want, God. It's what you want. I want your wants to be my wants. That's why Jesus said, think about it. This is spiritual symmetry. When you fast, when you pray, when you give, when I give, well, giving is the same. When I give, I'm saying, God, it's not mine, it's yours. God, I want this, <laughs> but it's not about my blingdom, it's about your kingdom. 
as I give, as I release my stuff, and then I realize, no, it's not my stuff, it's God's stuff. It's a reminder, once again, it's about God. When I give, it's about God. When I pray, it's about God. When I fast, it's about God. It's about God. It's about God. Win, win, win. You want a win, win, win situation? You want to upgrade your decade? Spiritual symmetry. Three simple yet profound things. What if LeBron James walked up here? Park, what if you walked up here? That's my man, Park. Lift your hand, Park. Park's grown up here. What if LeBron James walked in right now? What if he was backstage and he goes, I want to I teach you how to shoot a jump shot. Would you listen? I would too. <laughs> what if Taylor Swift came off the front row and goes, can I, can I teach you guys a little bit about singing, songwriting? We would, we would pay attention. Taylor Swift. What if Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg talked about finances or being an entrepreneur? Would you listen? I sure would. What if Donald Trump talked about orange hair dye? Would you listen? <laughs> yes. I don't know why I said that. I might. <laughs> the guy's totally orange. I don't know how he does it. Is that tanning cream or something? Anyway. <laughs> that was really funny, man. Well, Jesus tells us something about prayer. And this is the only time where we're taught, I mean, from him, from anybody in scripture about prayer. So Jesus says, hey, I'll teach you how to pray. Why did he say that? Because the disciples go, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us to heal. Sorry, faith healers. They didn't say, uh, Jesus, teach us to preach a sermon. No. The disciples said, teach us to what? Pray. There was something about the way he prayed that was unique, that was different, that rocked them. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter six. This is the greatest sermon ever preached. I was there a couple of weeks ago with about 97 fellowshippers, right there, right in the spot where Jesus preached this message. He used technology back then because the acoustics are sick. You can talk like this and you can hear like way, way, way far away. So thousands of people were in this kind of amphitheater type setting. Jesus is, is sitting down. So often he sat down when he talked and the disciples, I have my Bible backwards, and, and the disciples just simply asked him, teach us to pray. So here's what he said, Matthew chapter six. Verses five and six. And I'll give you the, the Wikipedia. He said, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't read it. Toot your own horn. That's what he said. Don't, hey, I'm fasting. Oh, watch me. I'm giving. Would you name this after me too? He said, he said, just, just do it. Skip down to verse six. But when you pray, 
He's talking about when. We should pray all the time, really. Short prayers, medium-sized prayers, big prayers, public prayers. Pray, 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 pray. How do you pray? You start praying. No, really, Ed, I, I want something deep. Well, that, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the Bible. How do you pray? You just start talking. You start talking to God. About what? I'll give you a great example. Moses. One time Moses had it. Hey, moms, sometimes do you reach the end of your fuse with your kids? You're like, I cannot handle this. Just, just do, yeah, okay. That's what Moses was like. He's like, these kids are wearing me out. Lord, they're wearing me out. I can't stand it. And he throws a spiritual temper tantrum. This is Moses to God in prayer. Elisha hadn't had hair transplants like I've had hair transplants. Did you know I had hair transplants a couple years ago? Even, even the guy that cuts my hair was like, man, you've had some great hair transplants. And I'm gonna do a series called Hair because hair is mentioned throughout the Bible, but I've had hair transplants. Keep it real, all right? <laughs> Elisha, somehow, he had male pattern baldness. Read about him. You think I'm kidding you? And these kids were making fun of Elisha. Ha, 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 baldy. Ha, 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 cue ball. Ha, 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 you look really weird. He got so angry. He said, God, send some grizzly bears to chase these kids away and maul them. This is Elisha. David, King David, a man after God's own heart. People were chasing him, trying to kill him. In anger, again, you know he said to God? God, nuke them and their entire families. God can take your anger and mine. Lord, why does this person who is not half as talented as me have this opportunity and I don't? That's prayer. Lord, I don't understand this sickness, this turmoil. We're going through hell right here and I know this family, two of their kids are dope addicts and they're like, Everything's fine, everything's dandy, everything's going great for them. What? What's the deal? This, this boss, this manager, the CEO in my life, what they're saying to me really hurts. They're spreading rumors about me. God can take our anger and our emotion, and we should pour our hearts out to him. Moses also prayed some awesome prayers, some prayers of humility to God. Moses did. After the Ten Commandments, he was fasting and he made some amazing decisions and prayed some amazing prayers. Elisha one day walked up to a woman who was struggling with infertility and prophesied over her. David talked about forgiveness later on. So 
We've got to be real and we've got to just start praying. Jesus said, when you pray, talk to God. And he's going to give us what is known as the Lord's Prayer. How many people in here have ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? If you've heard of it. Okay, okay, yeah, most of us have. A better name for it would be the Disciples' Prayer. But I want you to notice before Jesus rolls into this grid on, on how, to, how to pray, he kind of gives us an outline. We have to establish when we pray a place. Establish a place of prayer. Now we can pray anywhere, anytime. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for us right now. Let's go ahead and clap there. I don't even know how to pray all the time. You don't either. Jesus, our high priest, Hebrews says, is praying for us right now. I would argue that Jesus is praying for even those who aren't followers of Christ yet to bow the knee to him. I mean, that gives me confidence. Because the second person of the Trinity is praying right now on our behalf, even when we don't know how to articulate those words. Do you have a special place where you pray? You should establish that place. Because Jesus said, when you pray, verse six, go into your room, into your closet, literally. I have a chair in my house that I, I usually pray in that chair. Years ago, I was at a coffee shop with a friend of mine. It was pretty crowded, and we were talking about prayer. And I said, see that? See that table right there with that, with that chair? He goes, yeah. I said, I wish I could buy that. He goes, man, that thing's ratty. I said, no, 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 not to me. I said, for probably five years, I would wake up almost every day when it was still dark outside, go to this coffee shop, journal, which I encourage you to do, your prayers, pray, and I can't tell you, I told him, how many sermons I've written from that table. I wish I could buy it. That place became holy ground. When Moses, talking about Moses again, had that interaction with God on the backside of the desert, the Lord said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Have that place, have that chair, have that sofa. Maybe it's walking somewhere or maybe it's, I don't know. Have a place where you pray. Well, then how long should I pray? I really don't know. As long as it takes you to surrender to the will of God. Sometimes it could be five minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. There's no set time. You meet people, oh, I pray 45 minutes a day. Doesn't mean you're a better Christian than someone that prays 10 minutes a day. But I'm telling you something, you do that, you have a space and a place, a time you meet with God. And think about, think about this. Jesus is just sitting there waiting for you, waiting for me to talk to him. Well, Many prayers in the Bible, don't, 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 don't be worried, are self-centered. Have you ever thought about that? I would say most prayers in the Bible are self-centered. We're always gonna have mixed motives when we come to God. I've told people a lot. I wish I could tell you that every motive I've ever had in the 30 years of fellowship church has been pure about the growth of fellowship. Every motive? I wouldn't say that. 
I've done things before here for my pride. I've made statements like, oh yeah, we're this size church and we're the biggest. So, so I've had mixed motives. I believe most of my motives are God-driven. So don't worry like, oh, I've got, I'm not gonna pray until I have completely pure. It's not gonna happen because we're not gonna be restored and righteous and pure until we get to the other side, okay? So just, God, God can take that. Like the cell phone, you think my twins had pure motives, completely pure motives, <laughs> when they did the poster and the PowerPoint and all of the pictures? Heck to the no. Well, here's what Jesus said. I might have to continue this next week because, man, I have so much stuff here. Wow, I can't just fly over it. I might, I might do that. I might just, I might just do, because I, I want to get into the intricacies of the Lord's Prayer. And see, we're almost out of time. But I do, I, I, I can help all of us ap apply this. Establish a place for prayer. Understand and think about your conversation with God. Obviously, we should start when we have this time and place and space with God. Obviously, we should begin the prayer with, with praise and adoration when we have that time. Then it can segue into requests. We ask God. But I want you to remember, the main thing about prayer is alignment. We're not always gonna understand the answer. But prayer, watch this now, is the opportunity for us to apply God's answer. Does that make sense to you? I come to God as a God, not my will, not my desire, but yours. My motivation cannot be for the applause of the crowd. My motivation cannot be just to turn prayer into a spiritual quid pro quo, or, or God is, is, is like Amazon, and he delivers everything I want to my doorstep. No, 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 no. It's about God. It's about syncing up with him. So my motivation, my location, establish one. Today, if you don't have one, establish one. Then think about your conversation. It can't be on the fly. You can't just, you know, okay, God, let's FaceTime a little bit, and that's it. We've got to talk to him. Maybe you're praying for a healing. I've seen God supernaturally heal people. I've also seen God say no to situations like that. But then again, what is healing? I mean, I've seen people pass. I've seen people die. My own mother died. What's healing? Here or ultimate healing in heaven? That's a great question. And as I talked about last week, have you ever thought about this? All the people that Jesus healed ultimately died. See, we have a new perspective. We, we zoom in and we zoom out. We're like, whoa. And that's what prayer does. And the final thing that I would say about prayer, and I'll hit on this next week, Forgiveness. 
Jesus talks about forgiveness several times. He, in fact, overly emphasizes forgiveness. It's almost like I want to say, okay, Jesus, I got it, forgiveness. If you think about it, though, forgiveness is the essence of the gospel. I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. Thus, we should forgive others. Oh, wait a minute, Ed. My ex-spouse has got to come crawling back to me on glass. Then I'll forgive him or her. Oh, that person that ripped me off in that business deal. Oh, I'm going to wait. So many people that have hurt you and me don't even realize it. So if you're waiting for that, if I'm waiting for that, it's not going to happen. We release them. And there's a direct result in releasing and in our fellowship with God. Not our relationship, but our fellowship. This is especially true in marriage, is it not? If you're in a fight with your spouse, try to pray. Oh, wait, I see you. So, you can't. You can't. You can't. Your motivation, God, I want what you want. Your location, I'm going to establish a place. Your conversation, begin to talk to God. Journal your prayers. And I'm telling you something. You'll have this intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that I'll continue to talk about. I'm sorry I couldn't do it all. I wanted to, but they're telling me stop right now. <laughs> Next time. Father, thank you for this message. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for being such a relational God. And I pray, Lord, if there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever asked Jesus to come into your life, that today will be that day where you simply say, Jesus, I open the door of my life and invite you in. Father, thank you for this time that we have to talk about prayer. I pray for miracles. I pray for healing. I pray for perspective, God. Thank you for this time of fasting that we direct our appetites heavenward. And thank you, God, now that we have an opportunity to give. In Jesus' name.